Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Vikings win 3 nothing in Las Vegas. Uh, and one of the more boring football games you're ever going to see as we bring in Pete Nigerian to the conversation on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. <laughs> did you make it through the whole thing, Pete? Did you did you no. gut it out through that whole game, or did you have better things to do like, I don't know, paint the floor or something? <laughs> I was having my teeth pulled. It felt go. much better. Yes. <laughs> oh, ugly, no, I, man. I, you know, and, and here's what does frustrate me as a, a former player and, and as as well as I think you probably get frustrated as a former player but when I hear people say things like well you know it just shows you that our defense is pretty good really is that your takeaway I mean the reality is it's first of all it's the Raiders second of all you know they're they're down a quarterback as well so that you know they're in the same spot they lose their running back I mean it's it really wasn't that impressive about our defense. It, it really no. came down to two teams that were pretty crummy, yep. <laughs> playing some pretty bad football, and you know it just kind of just kept on going and going. You just kept wondering. And the amazing thing, Adam, and you know this as good as anybody, but when you go to the NFL, they have made everything in their world to make sure that offense wins. Right? right. I mean, they they need it. If you penalties, I, yes. But, yeah, if we touch another player, and I'm a former linebacker who did a little more than touch him, if you touch him, it's practically a flag. I mean, it's so they've done everything, and yet we still had a three nothing game. I mean, a, a, unbelievable is is not even the right way to describe it. <laughs> and might and some of the most brutal quarterback play I have oh. seen on both sides of the football. That's it. I mean, you know, the defense. Yeah, you can praise the Vikings. They were going against Aiden O'Connell. I mean, that I, the, yeah. I mean, he might be something someday, but oof, he is not good. No, and they have the injuries, and they, you know, they yep. they they were undermanned, just like we were. Let's be honest. I mean, both sides, but I mean, the reality was it was two real bad football teams, and it was just a matter of who didn't want it most. Yeah. <laughs> and but you know, it is what it is, and you know, I know, I'll tell you what. What was impressive was the number of fans from Minnesota that were there, and that's true for the Raiders games always. I have yeah. a lot of good friends on that team, and I talk to some of the coaches and some of the players that have played for the Raiders, and they say, "Hey, look, man, every game is an away game for us. Right? Every game. <laughs> that's like you know, I I mean that you know that's how you wonder with those sports teams, you know, the pro sports teams now in, in Vegas. That you know, that's a destination place, and there's so many people that want to go see their team play. In Las Vegas, that it's hard to, for those Vegas teams to have a home field advantage. It is, and I and I will tell you, until you see a Golden Knights game there, um, it's that's real hockey, though. Yeah. That is, oh, they, yeah. they they put on a show like <laughs> Vegas is known for those shows. I'll tell you, on the sports side, and soon to be the Oakland A's, which will be the Las Vegas A's or whatever they're going to be. Um, it's just going to add that much more to it, and it, they've done a magnificent job in Las Vegas too. To create an atmosphere, and obviously with all the sports books and everything else, I mean, there's there's almost like no other place like it. It's incredible. So, okay, looking at the so short turnaround, they got to play uh, the Bengals on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, 
And it looks like they're pretty much locked for the playoffs now, unless barring a you know complete collapse here at the end, which might happen, by the way. But I mean, it's I mean, without Kirk Cousins, I mean, you, you know, we thought Josh Dobbs and it was very exciting in those couple of games he played, but then he came back to earth, and you realize why he's played for seven teams. Um, mm-hmm. Realistically, what what is the ceiling for this Vikings team? Um, I'm not so sure they're even going to win our, our, our division. I, I look at the, you know, you, obviously you've got the Lions who are going to be yeah. there, but uh, I mean, we're going to be battling with the Packers. And think about this. As bad as the Lions played yesterday, they, they're still a pretty good football team, I think. Defensively, they struggle. Offensively, they're pretty good usually, but Goff does throw a lot of interceptions. So we've got two games against them, and then we've got the Packers. And the Packers are playing at a level that's not that far away from where we are. As a matter yeah. of fact, if you look at all the numbers, probably you know, we, yeah. yeah, they're probably right now playing better football than we are. And the interesting thing is that Cincinnati game, I'll I tell you what, that's not just an automatic anymore. Yeah. I, they found a quarterback who's actually not so bad. <laughs> you know, he's one of the few backup quarterbacks to come in there and, and play the way he's played has been pretty spectacular quite honestly and he's you know it's it's it really makes it pretty interesting because we we think of joe burrow we know how good joe burrow is and he's you know outstanding and i i think he's one of the better quarterbacks in football but jake browning and the numbers that he put up as a as a kid in college and then all of a sudden he gets this opportunity and he's he's playing pretty well i mean i I just took a quick peek at it. He's a 75% completion rate. That's pretty good for a guy just coming off and just playing in the last three or four or five games or whatever he's playing. It's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. So that's not a give me either. So I'm, I'm not so sure that the Vikings are feeling like they, sh- they shouldn't be feeling that they're a lock to get into the playoffs because uh, I don't know. I, I look at Detroit and I look at Green Bay and I look at Cincinnati. I think that that's, uh, that's not as easy as it maybe looked a long time ago. No, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Uh, Justin Jefferson, that pass by Dobbs, I know, you know, everybody says, ah, that's a bad, and it was, it was a a dangerous throw, but I mean, that stuff happens and he, he made a great catch on it and thank God he's not hurt uh, any worse than he was. But Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you think about that play? Couldn't that happen to anybody? Honestly, Uh, you know, you, you, you put the ball up there, every good quarterback, great quarterback, not so great quarterback. They're going to put the ball up there sometimes uh, in a position that, that puts you in, in, in a spot to get hit, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we're all worried about it, I think, and, and rightfully so because it didn't look great. But I think the reality is um, I don't put that so much on Dobbs. I understand that, you know, the ball was up a little bit. It's going to happen. And, and Justin Jefferson, I think, would say the same thing. I think, I think J.J.'s a pro. He understands the game really, really well. The guy's as we know, uh, probably the best wide receiver in football right now. And at some point he'll get paid, but you know, those things happen. And, and, you know, as a linebacker or a safety or whomever, um, that's what, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You're looking for those receivers coming across. And if they, if the ball happens to float a little bit, uh, that puts them into a spot where they're going to get hit and, you know, he'll bounce back. I, I think he'll be back faster than most people probably think. Uh, Nick Mullins, your thoughts on uh, Nick Mullins and what likely will be, he will likely be the uh, Vikings quarterback for the remainder of the season, barring some injury. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, do they want to look at Jaron Hall and see what they've yeah. got? Uh, you know, right. I, I think that's that's part of it, too. And that, and that probably will be predicated upon what happens over the next couple of weeks to see where we are in the playoff picture. And so I think Nick Mullins was the right guy to, to be the guy that they sent in there. I thought he did an outstanding job. By the way, football is not as complicated. And you and I talk about this kind of thing all the time, but tight ends are always open. Yep. And for whatever reason in the first half, and, and I don't know that I think it's Dobbs' fault as much as I, I think some, sometimes KOC has to take some of this uh, criticism, but why were we not throwing the ball to Hawkinson? I, I was looking at it very closely he didn't get targeted more than just a couple of throws until uh, Mullins uh, took over as, as a quarterback. He comes in, starts throwing to the tight end, throwing to the tight ends, I should say, and started to move us a little bit down the field. By the way, he threw some pretty nice passes, I thought, in the game. I thought he did a really nice job coming in off the bench and doing what he was able to do because as a backup, you don't get the same kind of reps that the starter's going to get. So I think um, – you know, I think he really did stand up and look pretty good. I think he's probably a great backup quarterback. We don't want him to yeah. be the starter, I no. think. But but I don't know that they gave Josh Dobbs um, enough plays that were the right plays for him. And and the best example I could give you would be, look at the Chicago Bears. When the Bears actually allow their quarterback to be who he is yeah. rather than who they want him to be, he looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You know, in the last couple of weeks, uh, I, I've been watching him a little bit more. They've been on national TV a lot. Justin Jeff, uh, Fields rather has done a absolutely amazing job running, throwing, not throwing interceptions. Uh, you know, I, I think he's showing us a lot more than than people really understand right now. He's doing a really good job for a team that's. Let's be honest. They have a good defense, but on offense, they they need a lot more. And Justin Fields is doing a great job running and passing. Somebody pointed out to me yesterday that the the leader in touchdowns and uh, receptions for the Bears, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like from the fifties, from the still like whoever the, the the like the top receiver like yardage or for touchdown for the Bears is still like from the nineteen fifties. Shows you just the ineptitude that the Bears have had for so many years. In this day and age when it's like, you know, it's pass happy and you think those, you know, <laughs> records would be smashed by now. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah. It's pretty shocking, actually, to be honest with you. And, and that includes Jim McMahon, who actually, for, for all the people who love him, and I'm one of them, he was not a great passer. No. <laughs> he, you know, he, <laughs> he really wasn't. Yes, they won the Super Bowl, but a lot of that did have to do with the defense and, you know, Walter Payton, of course, yeah. and everything else. But uh, like you said, he, he didn't break any, any of those records either. He was, he was just a fun guy who was, who was very vivacious and, and, and captured a lot of people's attention just because of who he was and how he acted on the field. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, last week, uh, the NCAA president suggests, you know, uh, uh, at least a formula to have uh, athletes paid, put money put into a, a trust for these athletes. I've always said, I mean, the, mon- the amount of money being made on college sports, uh, I think uh, the athletes should benefit from that somehow, more than just mm-hmm. like a scholarship uh, going to school. Mm-hmm. 
what that formula looks like, I don't know. But it sure seems to me, though, like with the with the with the NIL now and how that's affected schools, it just seems to be making a mess of specifically college football. And just it's going to be, you know, the three or four or five, six, seven schools that are at the top, and then everybody else, and forget about any other schools being even being competitive. <laughs> well, and and the problem was the lack of any vision. By, by how they decided to, to launch these things, in my opinion, Adam. I, I think it's, it's been crazy. It's been done very, very poorly. And the idea that the NIL money, I mean, it, here's my, my biggest gripe, and I say this every Sunday <laughs> on the huddle with Dave. Um, you know, I bring this up. I said, you know, can you imagine this? Imagine a world where arguably, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in football right now is Purdy, San Francisco, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy's had an unreal year. He had a perfect game once this year and everything else, and he's got all this. He makes $850,000. Meanwhile, Shadur Sanders is getting $4 million a year to play college football at Colorado. Yeah. So in what world do we think that makes any sense at all? And, and, and that's where I think you can actually just use that correlation. Look at that and say, that doesn't make sense. Well, of course it doesn't make sense. But how do you, how do you fix it now? The problem is that they, they never came out with any kind of rules or regulations about nil how much you could have how much you could bring in and like you were saying the big get bigger and the small get smaller right i mean you you turned this into a game where michigan ohio state alabama texas they're all usc i mean think of all the the schools out there who have the alumni that are willing to give them the money and then there's a lot of different schools that don't and at some point they've got to figure that part out. And I and I'm with you. I, I don't like the idea that you have specific players, for instance, in Colorado again, they've got four players that get seven and a half million dollars between them. <laughs> so h- how does that work? And you wonder why you didn't have an offensive line to protect these guys? Yeah. Right. <laughs> because, because you're not doing it even the right way, number one. But number two, you, you used all the money on these three or four guys and everybody else, well, we'll see you later. Maybe here's ten grand or whatever. You know, but I think that there are ways that I've, I've listened to some of the ideas that they've come up with. They're not bad ideas, but the problem is now the ideas are coming now. They should have been talking about this years ago when they were first getting ready to launch. And that's a real problem. Along with the portal, Adam, can you imagine switching teams every single year? No, that, going from it's Minnesota cool. to Michigan to Iowa to Nebraska and finish up at LSU? I mean, really, that's what you can do now if you want to. Well, and you... And you hold the coach, you know, right. you tell the coach, hey, look, I'm leaving, man. I, You know what? These guys are going to give me $3 million. What can you do? <laughs> when the Ohio State quarterback leaves. They were like, yes. I mean, I just craziness. It's it's amazing. I, I It's too bad, you know, the, the, the Pandora's box, everything's open. Everybody's out there. And, and they've done a really, really poor job in figuring this thing out. And they – they didn't give it enough thought before they launched it. That's that's just been my mantra since day one. They've and I and I always correlated Adam to Bitcoin, where there's no regulation on Bitcoin. Well, that sounds like a good thing until it's not, yeah. and <laughs> and that's kind of where we find ourselves with college sports right now. It's amazing. I could have played for every MIAC team. You know, I could have just bounced <laughs> from Gustavus, St. John's, St. Thomas. Saint Olaf, oh yeah, all the cover all co- yeah right, cover all the Saints. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were doing this before we talked to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Best thing you've ever grabbed free from the side of the road? Have you, can you think of something where you say, hey, I could use that, and you picked it up? And it- oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, my wife and I, we, we got a big, huge chest of drawers uh, when we lived in Chicago in a suburb, and we went driving by, and we saw this thing sitting on the curb, and it was there for like three days, and I, we came back around again, and I said, you know what? We're grabbing that thing. Yeah. 
And you still use it? Was it? great. We still have it to this day. Excellent. <laughs> it's down in my basement. <laughs> hey, uh, our mutual friend Donna in St. Peter, I know she went to that uh, Gopher game with you. She just texted, say hi to uh, Pete and oh. Lisa, and we wish them a Merry Christmas from Donna in St. Peter. Oh. She's the sweetest lady ever, and her, her and my wife, they switched shoes during the game. That's right. One of them, they each other. <laughs> it was great. They're they were wonderful. She, she and her husband and their friends, they were, they were fantastic. And, and how nice was that that they were willing to donate to be able to yep. do that whole thing? I mean, that, that's, that's what's so great about it. Great it's event. awesome. Uh, yeah. If I don't talk to you, Merry Christmas to you, and I uh, wish uh, your wife a very Merry Christmas as well. Thank you, sir. You as well, man. Take care. Have a great day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.